Welcome to Inspired, a production of Interfaith Voices. I'm Umbreen Khan. Each week, we explore the beliefs shaping our world and the events unfolding around us. This week, we begin in Georgia. Earlier this summer, a group of clergy, who described themselves as senior leaders from a variety of churches, launched a network called Faith Works. It's a $2.3 million campaign to get out the vote. The initiative is in response to the passage of SB 202, a new election law in the state of Georgia that voting rights advocates decry as old-school voter suppression, while supporters call it election integrity. Critics include many of the leaders of Faith Works, including the Reverend Timothy McDonald. He's a senior pastor of First Iconium Baptist Church in Atlanta. I caught up with him from his church offices in Atlanta, Georgia. Reverend McDonald, I have to ask you about the events unfolding in the Senate race between Republican nominee Herschel Walker and the incumbent Senator Reverend Dr. Raphael Warnock. Earlier this week, the Daily Beast broke a story that the Republican nominee Walker paid for an abortion for a romantic partner with whom he later had a child. The controversy is fueled by his campaign promises to press for a national ban on abortion if elected and his advocacy for criminal prosecution of women who terminate pregnancy. In response, Walker has adamantly denied the accusations, which prompted his son, Christian Walker, who himself identifies also as a Republican, to come out publicly to condemn his father for lying. And now faith is becoming part of the story. Reverend McDonald, have you been following the story? And if so, what is your reaction? What is happening on the ground? And how are people responding? It's the same old, same old. They have not changed. Uh, Herschel Walker has sought to wrap himself in the garb of white evangelicals. Let's be clear. He, though he's black and he's male, he's using all of the extreme conservative white evangelical rhetoric, as well as white evangelical personalities and faith leaders. And the recent events have really shaken this white evangelical movement in the state of Georgia. Uh, I mean, they can say all they want to and pray for conquering, but there's one thing that's pretty basic, truth and honesty. I don't care what part of you in. When you are caught blatantly lying uh, and have family members, your former wife and your son, you know, talking about the lies, it does not put you in a very good light in the state of Georgia, even among conservative evangelicals. So in the last few days, he has been tumbling downward, spiraling downward. I want to ask you a question about whether this is going to influence or, I don't know, take the energy out of the get out the vote efforts of faith leaders and organizers on both sides you know, not just on the side that you're working on. Does this impact or influence the mobilization? It is going to mobilize our people. We are aware of how close uh, these elections are in the state of Georgia. And the least little controversy can shift. So yes, it is a tight race. So any episode like the Herschel Walker episode, we're just going to turn out progressive voters more, not less more. 
is is going to impact the ticket all the way down. Mm. Uh, I think on both sides. I want to ask you about a couple of things specifically around the response in the faith community. So faith works is interfaith. It's Christian. It's Muslim. It's Jewish and others, primarily African American, but not exclusively. And uh, we're working to protect the right of all voters. That's not party, not Democrat, Republican, or Libertarian. Land. We're trying to protect the right of every single voter uh, because it's our position that when the people vote, the people win. That's what history has taught us, and that's what we're engaged in right now. Talk to me about how the coalitions that you're part of, how are you working to educate voters? I have not seen the faith community this mobilized 30, maybe 40 years as we are now. I've been involved with SCLC, Southern Christian Leadership Conference. I served on the national staff for six years. I was the full-time assistant pastor of Dr. King's Church, Ebenezer. So it's who I am. It's, it's, it's what I do, uh, is, is getting people registered, getting people educated, and getting people to, to vote. I believe we had you on the program uh, with Rabbi Posner. You were talking about changes in Georgia, the SB 202 law that was passed last year. And this is the first election where those changes are going to be felt by voters on the ground. Uh, We knew what SB 202 was. They promoted it as a voter integrity bill. That's what they say. But it is absolutely a voter suppression bill. Uh, They changed a number of the laws. They sought to make it harder, particularly for African-American and people of color, uh, to vote. And and why do you say that? Like, what particular changes? The legislation itself shortens the time for absentee voting. It makes it harder to, to get your ballot in terms of what is required for absentee voting. They shortened the days for on Sundays, uh, weekend voting. They, uh, they shortened the time frame in which to do early voting. I mean, all of these negative things are in the bill. Truth of the matter is, Georgia was just kind of a model for other states across the country for voter suppression. Introduced more than 400 voter suppression legislation. Georgia was the first, B202. And no matter how they fix their mouths to say it's about integrity, at the end of the day, it is about suppressing the vote, particularly of African-American and people of color. So how did we react? The way you beat SB202 is early voting, early voting, plain and simple. So we have the largest early voting campaign, registration, education, mobilization we have ever had in this state. And what we are predicting, particularly what I'm predicting, is for November the 8th, we're going to have the absolute largest turnout in the history of voting for the state of Georgia. That is how you defeat voter suppression. 
I want to talk about faith leaders and faith engagement. There's been a movement talking about church outside the walls of the building that you occupy. The rise of the spiritual but not religious, the unaffiliated trends that are happening, particularly in Christian evangelical churches. Tell me a little bit about how this faith organizing work that you're doing and the leadership of church leaders, particularly some of the elder statesmen, yourself included in that. Like, how how are young people responding to this mobilization? Let me tell you what what everything about COVID has not been bad. I had never zoomed in my life a worship service, a Bible study, or even been on a Zoom until COVID. Where we used to have, you know, and I was happy when we had 35, 40 people for Bible study. Now we Zoom our Bible study, Facebook, YouTube, and others, and we get a viewing of over 300. Now, so you go from 35 to 300. So now we're finding the same with coming up with voting. How do we combine the in-person and what we call in the cyber sanctuary? We're doing stuff in the faith community and through faith works now and social media that we had never done before. Give we didn't even example. know it could be. We, we are doing weekly updates with faith leaders, mm. and we're having 150, 200 faith leaders on a Zoom call every week. And the results we see is in the turnout. And so we brought in some young people to help us. We identified young people in churches who are serving as get out the vote coordinators uh, to make sure that we use social media, we use our own uh, church websites. We use our personal website. We are reaching thousands more people than we could person to person. We're not eliminating person to person. That is still key. Shaking that hand, being in a space. But in addition to that, you have the power of the social media network. And we are learning now how to employ that to turn out the vote. And it is a a very powerful and moving experience, particularly for those who about my age. And we've never done this before. Boy, if we had this back in the fifties <laughs> and the sixties, we would have really been <laughs> at a different place in history than where we are right now. As you well know, Georgia is home to a vibrant very conservative religious political movement and using some of that morality language, attempting to say, when you vote, God is, quote unquote, only on one side of the ballot. How do you respond to that? Do you have language that is similar or is it different? We have to call them out. In the state of Georgia, the largest lobbying group in the General Assembly is the Southern Baptist. They're the largest denomination. Now they have their own set internal scandals. And we have to point them out. They, they're, they're going through some serious moral and ethical internal scandals themselves. We got to highlight them, show the people who they really, really are. Just like what's happening with Herschel Walker right now. He's very close to the Southern Baptist Convention in the state of Georgia. He thinks that's the way to win. I think coming this election, we're going to show them that's the way to lose. Because hypocrisy will not stand. Hypocrisy, you know, may have its season, may have its time. But at the end of the day, people don't vote their hypocrisy. People vote their truth. Even some of the conservative evangelicals. At the end of the day, truth will win. Is this just the same religious political engagement on the other side of the aisle? Well, I, th I think truth does not take size. Truth is truth. 
And that's why we're protecting all the voters, Democrats, Republicans, independent. Truth is truth. It's not, it does not belong to any party. And to think that God only sides with Republicans, that's ridiculous. That's, that's, that's crazy. God sides with the truth. God sides with righteousness. And that doesn't matter if you're Christian, if you're Jewish, if you're Muslim or other. And I believe time has taught us and time will show us truth will ultimately win. You just described a whole set of tactics that you guys are engaged in through FaithWorks, which is targeting, um, mobilizing, and empowering uh, Black church leaders to support Get Out the Vote efforts. Where is the funding coming from for this work? The funding is coming primarily from from individuals. Um, we just announced today a $75,000 grant from a foundation to support our work. 90 plus percent of the funds that FaithWorks is raising is going to be given back to the faith community to do the work of turning out to educate the people because you got printing and and other costs and then to mobilize if you need buses if you need cars if you need gas whatever our goal is to empower the faith community our christian brothers and sisters our jewish brothers and sisters our muslim brothers and sisters in particular and when we do that voting will rise and in the end the people will be the beneficiaries. Reverend Timothy McDonald III is a senior pastor of the First Iconium Baptist Church in Atlanta, Georgia, and he is one of the leaders of Faith Works, a get out the vote campaign in the state of Georgia. This is Inspired, a production of Interfaith Voices. Stay with us. Hi, friends. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. I just want to say thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of our community. I don't know if you know this, but we are on the air all the way from Richmond, Virginia to Ketchikan, Alaska, and in so many places in between. We're a national show, and we are a small and mighty team committed to bringing you stories and sounds from around the world that convey not only the diversity and the pluralism of our country, but the beliefs that are shaping our world, our politics, our culture, and the ideas that sustain us and inspire us to think about where we are going. And that brings me to this question. If you value us, if you enjoy listening and appreciate what you're hearing, I want to ask you to take a moment to consider becoming a sustaining member of Interfaith Voices or make a one-time donation at interfaithradio.networkforgood.com. That's interfaithradio.networkforgood.com. Thank you, and let's get back to the show. <laughs> 